0: My name is Kyle Willis and this is Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. welcome back to a new episode of marketing from the roosevelt room we are carrying on our series with cigar retailers and manufacturers i am loving where we're going today because i get to connect with a new manufacturer on the scene created some pretty pretty good cigars that i am just digging and when i reached out to J.R. cannon and lee marsh to say hey Owners of Stolen Throne Cigars, can I grab a few minutes to learn a bit about you guys, what you've created, as I'm loving what you've created in this first cigar, Crook of the Crown. Uh, Lee Marsh, it is an honor to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for making some time.
1: No, nah, man. Kyle, thanks for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure. Great to talk about the industry and everything that goes behind it. really like to dig deep, and I appreciate all the kind words with the, what we're doing with the Crook of the Crown, man. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, man, I, I, like, I, like I told you before, I'm not here to, to kiss up. If you made shitty cigars, <laughs> we wouldn't be talking, but you know, I've been a fan of what you have uh, here. It's, it's not often it's that your very first launch is already a hit, and as I've, I've been smoking it, some friend of my, friends of mine who turned me on to it, you guys have created a wonderful cigar uh, that is already – um, I think, causing caused quite a storm and, and creating some excitement. Uh, you know, I want to learn a bit your story, what brought you to where we are today. But for so people know, uh, first of all, company's name, Stolen Throne, first release is called Crook of the Crown. Tell us a little bit about this first cigar, uh, its makeup, so that people know what I'm smoking and what they have to look forward to at the end of the show.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. So the Crook of the Crown is a San Andreas Maduro wrapper uh, with Indonesian binder with all Nicaraguan blur um highlighted heavily by uh, a, a pseudo un, unknown region for those uh, on the boutique scene and, and greater cigar smokers from Sumoto. It it's not relatively popularly used. Um uh, we, we kind of brought it to the forefront with the crook and it it makes gives a very unique taste and kind of at the lifeblood of what the cigar is doing. Gives it the unique flavor and you know it gives you that nice deep espresso flavor that everyone yeah. raves about.
0: Absolutely. And being able to Get into the makeup of a cigar. Take the time to research uh, what the binders, the fillers, the locations of where you want to find the leaves from. Obviously, that didn't happen overnight, and you've taken some time to get to where you are today. Love to hear a little bit of your journey. Just Lee, where did you begin with cigars? What made you interested in the, in the beginning that where it became more than just a leisure activity?
1: Yeah, you know what the thing is, man. Is uh, we. You know, myself and JR started out like everybody else, just heavy consumers. And we just became engulfed in it, you know, from going to, you know, events and meeting people. Like all of our closest friends we met at cigar events or some other cigar shop or something around, you know, tobacco and cigars. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how I met Chris. That's how I met Chris and Kyle. Cigar, uh, Delaware Cigars, their big festival they had. So you, you, you just meet people. And that's the, that's the best part, man. Like you, it's such a great community you know, such a tight knit folks, you, you get to know these people, you get to meet these people, and it just, it takes it to another level. And and really, from the tobacco side, it was just something that kind of always struck out to me. Like, I was always fascinated with it, you know, growing up, you know, uh, I had family in Canada that would grow tobacco, obviously different trams for cigarettes and stuff, but just the whole process. And then when you, you know, the first time I saw like a broad leaf, it, it, it just captivates you, the whole thing, the whole nuance and the art form of from seed to box, it's, it's, it's just a, it's just a really, really cool experience. uh, You know, with traditional business, man, I've been very lucky to be successful in other areas, but I've never really been passionate about something. Right. And, you know, you, when you look at someone who's really passionate about what they do, uh, you know, a prime example is my wife, you know, she works with kids. Uh, She's a pediatric physical therapist for the local children's hospital here. And much to my dismay, she would do it for zero. Like they, she would pay them to come to do work, and, that, <laughs> and that's just something that, you know, really resonated with me. And, and yeah. having that opportunity, you know, and, and having JR really push me, you know, that was really the thing because we were doing really well, had no real reason to take any risks. And JR finally says, you know, are we gonna do this or what? And, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, I remember one of the biggest stories I would tell was when I Jim called me a cigar geek for the first time and says, uh, "Are you gonna make cigars or are you just gonna talk about it?" <laughs> okay. Well,
0: that's a good compliment to hear. I can work with that.
1: yeah, Yeah. So okay. that's that's kind of how it started.
0: And you, you talk about you know the the relationships coming together. You highlighted Chris and Kyle. And uh, for those listening, if you go back to one of our first episodes, Kyle Hoover from Ezra Zion spoke a little bit of how him and Chris came together as church buddies that love smoking cigars together, and one day said, "Man, we have a passion. Why don't we try doing this ourselves?" I'd love to hear just a little bit of, you know, JR was an, uh, unfortunately unable to join us here today, but hear a little of the relationship between you and JR, where that began from, and what your uh, the, the responsibility and role is uh, in, in sharing a stolen throne together.
1: <laughs> the old Billy Goat. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, JR and I actually started working together. Uh, okay. That's how, that's how we first met. And um, it's just one of those relationships, man. You meet people and you just instantaneously click. Um, We shared a lot of uh, similar likes. We were both big Ravens fans, Baltimore Ravens fans. And uh, we actually, you know, started, we bought season tickets together and do the whole nine. So it it really started as a close tight knit friendship. And then we both, you know, like cigars, we we started going to local clubs around uh, Virginia and, and kind of getting deeper and deeper. And we just kind of started talking about like the state of boutiques, what we would do differently. And, and really at the, the nature of it it without us knowing it really became like a, a design thinking experiment right like we were picking up all these problems but not really problems but maybe dislikes and yeah yeah slowly formulating like how we would do it differently and then prototyping and then doing all that kind of stuff but it started at a very fundamental level we just you know became close friends used to drink a lot and smoke a lot of scars and do other kind of things like that and it kind of just continued to snowball and then I kind of has shared my passion and like dream of like, man, wouldn't it be great to to get into this, get involved with it. And then finally, like he just, once he retired from where we worked, he, uh, he just wouldn't let it go. He kept pushing me and pushing me. And we we just had a baby. I'm getting my MBA. And now my friend wants to start a cigar company, but we did. And it's, uh, it's been great. It's, uh, it's been a wild ride, man. It's been nuts.
0: Congratulations on not only the cigar line, but a child as well. That sounds, that I sounds appreciate a that, lot man. going
1: on. I appreciate that.
0: I got, a, I got a 15-month-old at home, so I'm learning the, the ropes of being, being a dad to a little one as well.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, Remy just turned one. Uh, everyone loves the Remy Jean. Everybody wants a cigar, but there actually is a child behind it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so. and the Remy Jean is the, the vet only, correct?
1: That is correct,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, yep. I, uh, I saw that you guys were at Willie's uh, uh, Cigar a couple, was it just last weekend or the week before?
1: It was a few weeks ago, yeah. I we were at Winston's Humidor just on Saturday,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Willie's, uh, I've shot there a couple times I was talking to Caleb about that. I was like, man, I, I gotta, you gotta wait, I gotta know, uh, Lee, what are you guys coming to Seattle? You have any time, anything booked here yet?
1: Hey, man, you, uh, we can get out there. I don't have any cigars right now, but we can go. We can go. Yeah, we'll come in out. <laughs>
0: well, I, I still got a few set up. We'll set up. my, my uh, I got five left in my in my box from you guys. We'll bring you out. But yeah, man, we got yeah, to see. Yeah, no doubt.
1: <laughs> it's funny that you say that, man. Like Scallywag Cigars just came on board, and you know uh, Chris is a really good guy. He's doing great things out there in Arizona. Yeah. And um, oh, I got to get these in. I'm like, dude, I don't have any more cigars. He's like, no, come on, we got to we got to do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So all my personal stash, right? Like he does like what I
2: have
1: I sold to him. So uh, I'm 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 on the bare minimum right now. But I know Noel's sitting on some. Okay. He's telling me, he's like, Oh man, these are really good. I said, Yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah now, tell me a little bit of that process so obviously there's a little bit of time and the fermentation and in the preparation of the cigar before it can get boxes shipped out to pro, to, to retailers well, what's that turnaround look like you know for for me as a consumer he says man i can't wait till i get more is that near future is that like months and months from now what's been that journey no, for no, you no, guys
1: no. so you know and and that's kind of where you, you see our two worlds verge, right? The cigar industry and our traditional business background, right? So yeah. JR is just a master whiz with of supply chain management, you know? And so a lot of that awesome. goes into what we were doing. So what everyone sees is the, the you know, us selling 10,000 cigars and selling out within a month, less than a month. Um, but what they don't see is the two and a half, three years of preparation that went into that. Wow. Um, so it's, buying the tobaccos, making sure that they're processed correctly, making sure they're at the level and quality that we need them to be and making sure we have enough of them. So our turnaround time isn't as crazy. So no, we, we plan to be uh, fully restocked within a few weeks, probably by the end of August, early September. Um, and, And that's really what it's about. Right. So, you know, when you come in the cigar industry, I always tell people when we, when we get deep into the weeds about talking about, you know, business, especially when we discuss my MBA and stuff is cigar, industry breaks a lot of the rules right it, it breaks a lot of your traditional business rules so what's the number one rule of business you're not the customer but at the end of the day if i don't love the cigar how can i sell it to you like, yep. if, if i don't believe in it and love what i'm doing and love the product that i'm producing how can i expect you to buy it and, and, and a lot of that goes into the way we do things you know we're not rushing it but we're making sure that the stock out period doesn't kill us so, you know because at the end of the day cigars are an elastic product Yeah. Yeah. The buzz is really good. The buzz is really good. Like people love that you sell out. But if if it takes me three to four months, someone else smoke something else. Yeah. Because I would. I I definitely would. You know. So yeah. You know. And we've talked about like the kind of design thinking approach that we we kind of took to it. And one of our things was I really really dislike the mindset of like spending two hundred dollars on a box of cigars and having to wait three months to smoke it. Hmm. Because you know, as as a manufacturer, it's my job to age the pack, and not yours. Yeah, I like that. You know, so that all rolls into that process. So there should be turnarounds. You know, if it's six months, eight months, I I failed. Right. So, um, yeah, Cook of the Crown will be available shortly, very very shortly. Um, we also got some other things in the works in in the meantime, and you know. Uh, down the road so but yes you, you haven't heard the last of us we'll be back very quickly
0: <laughs> hey, tell me about the, you know when you talk about incredible buzz in the beginning selling out super fast right off the bat and, and now building these relationships with retailers as you're working with retailers what are some of the things that you look for in regards to uh, the, the bright retailer you want to bring your, your product into the relationship and building with that retailer has there been some, some Insights you've been able to pick up, and those that you're talking to, to build that type of relationship with your your customer. One
1: hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, so I, best laid plans, right? I had this great growth mark uh, business strategy. We were going to do, we were going to do low and slow, and just slowly captivate a footprint and kind of move. You know, just just like they tell you, right? Always tell you in business school, low and slow, right? But no, that went right out the window when we found the ground, right? the cat man goes off and gives us a hundred and then everything blows up and I can't get the cigars off fast enough, but no, really it, it, you've got to be flexible, obviously, right. You've got to be able to adjust and kind of adapt to what you're doing. And really the whole goal was to identify, you know, banner stores, um, stores that really kind of embodied what we were trying to do, believed in but what we were trying to provide, Yeah, um, you know, good quality, great quality product at, at, at an affordable price that hits all these markers that we really like for the boutique folks. And, really just a conversation. You can, you can tell right away when you're talking to a retailer, if they're really buying into what you're doing. And, and a lot of it has to do with the guerrilla marketing approach. Right. And we've talked about brand. I've heard you talk about brand ownership and what it's like to, to run a brand. And the yeah. part of that really is, and what a lot of your bigger companies don't realize, and you could see it who has struggles with brand identity. I don't own the brand, right? I own a company. I, I, I own the product. I manage the brand, but I don't own the brand. The customer owns the brand, right? So they're pushing it. Our growth is solely because of when you hear retailers, I get people from across the country saying, I've had 15 people come in and ask me for your cigars. Like, what's going on here? Like, tell me more about it. Like, what's happening? And you can really, from a 15 minute conversation or, you know, an hour conversation, you can tell whether the retailer's on board or not. Because at the end of the day, as a new guy breaking in, right? if you, if I'm just put into a humidor with hundred other brands, I'm going to suffocate. If there's someone not in there educating the customer and saying, this is what you're looking for, or they really like our product. So they are going to get it in the hands of the people that like our product. So it really is a strategic partnership. It really is. Especially until you develop your brand recognition, because you know, with it, like with that being said, I, I can't say it enough. Everyone always asks me cigars are an elastic product. You can differentiate yourself in certain ways, but at the end of the day, if you're starting to do anything wrong or you tick too far away from customer service or quality of product, like people will smoke something else.
0: Yep. Uh, man, I love what you're saying because especially when you're able to bring the business mind into the cigar experience, as it, you're resonating deep within my heart in regards to understanding how branding works. Now just today, sure. I was t- taking a client through a branding workshop and talking about building a brand that lasts. And we are talking about the difference between branding and marketing where branding sure. is that is that collection of perceptions in the mind of your customer. Right. And and it's it's not it's it's not so much something that you can always control uh, but it's something that you can speak into. Whereas marketing is the management of that perception. So if branding is the collection of perception, marketing is the management of it. And then, you know, so I think in what I I love what you're hearing, what you're saying here and what you're trying to first understand and recognize and then uh, control with with Stolen Crown is that aspect of who is your customer, what it is, uh, what is the experience you want them to have? Around their first time lighting up a crook of the crowd, their first time showing up to an event, meeting you, meeting Jr., seeing the brand product. You know, I, I love the the black packaging with the seal. You know, gives it uh, that kind of uh, uh, gives it that uh, altruistic feel, where it's not it's out. I, you know, that's, I think you know my marketing company's name. No to the quo. And so when you have something that's yeah. not the status quo, brown <laughs> cigar box with a label print, you know, stamped on it like every other box. That's cool. That's fine. Nothing bad. But you guys already create that experience. Oh, there's something different about you.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it, that's a hundred percent true. Um, you know, your, your problem, your obstacle as a cigar manufacturer is always going to be getting your cigar in the hand of the smoker. Right. If you believe in the product, you know, once you get it there, they're going to enjoy it, but you're always going to have to get it there always. Right. Like that's always going to be the obstacle. And, you know, and you do that by, like you said, differentiating yourself a little bit, whether your structure, you know, your sales structure, your packaging, because it matters. You know that. I mean, especially from a marketing standpoint, even the the uneducated smoker just looking for a good time, like they're going to go with what looks good. Right. You know, my my wife, you know, even though I've been in cigars for years and have a ton of cigars in my humidors here in the house. If she picks me up something, it's going to be because she likes the way it looks. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's, that's hundred percent. And you know, she'll bring it in. She's like, I like the rapper. I like the band. So that's why you got that to go. Yeah. So it, it's a hundred percent part of it, but there, there's more underneath. Right. And it, it is, it's the interaction. It's being able to reach out to us. It's, and what, what, the, what the retailers really like about it is, you know, being able to, when they reach out, they're not waiting on hold. They're not going through a rep. They're coming directly to JR and I. Or, you know, if, if there's an issue because it is a natural product, man, things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. Sure. And it's how you adjust and how you uh, uh, fix it, right? And how you approach the situation and how you handle it. That's really what matters. That's what, when you're talking about brand management, that's what you offer. You yes, offer the, the interaction, you offer the, you know, the action and the reaction. So when you have a chance to make something right, that's where you keep your customer.
2: That's, that's awesome.
1: The customer, the, the, the customer that likes your cigars will smoke it again. But the customer that, where you take a problem and you make it not a problem, that's where you keep the customer.
0: Mm, that's good stuff. Lee, I'd love to, to kind of pick your brain a little. You know, you talk about the, the launch of Stolen Throne selling out in a month. That's not something many brands can say they, they've been able to do. And you know, I think about being able to. Uh, I love to hear a little bit of what went into that process to make that possible, and then I'll hopefully draw some conclusions of of kind of what you know. What are some takeaways that as as you're you guys are just getting started here, really building this uh, foundation for your brand for your product? The question being, what went into making such a successful launch for Stolen Throne?
1: Yeah, you know, Kyle, that's a great question. Um, because you and I talked previously, like I always believed in what we were doing. Because if I didn't, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Um, but if I sat here and told you that I thought we would sell out in a little over three weeks, um, I'd be lying. Right? <laughs> and it's funny because when we were when we were at the blending table, I had just finished it up. Noel and I were smoking it. JR was smoking it. And I was pretty happy with it. They kind of, they wouldn't say a word to me one way or the other. And then, you know, as the process continued to grow, Noel made the comment, and goes, man, you're going to sell in 45 days. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy.
2: Hmm.
1: And then, uh, you know, here it is. We, we sold out in three weeks. And a lot of it was, you know, just getting out there. You know, we, we, I can't say enough about our retailers and, and the whole process we were kind of hitting the ground starting to kind of build the relationships we had had the network for some time being just around the industry through the brick and mortar community being involved in various social clubs and whatnot and really the the support and turnout just here locally in virginia just blew it up right and then you know the support of people in the community i i don't think we were launched for like 24 48 hours uh when chris reached out to me goes what why 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 haven't you sent me a cigar yet? what's happened <laughs> <laughs> and so like he shamed me a little bit, and then uh you know and then the cigar federation just took off right, and then at that time, yeah. catman hit us with a hundred on the robusto, and then that just shot way up man and then once mm-hmm. once you're the 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 community the the social communities and stuff on Facebook and Instagram once they got it, and the people that have known me for a very long time they they took up dude, they took up the the banner and just kind of ran with it. And it just, it just took off like a wildfire. Like it's, it's insane. Like my wife was sitting there scrolling. She's like, I've been scrolling for 15 minutes and I haven't seen anything but a stolen burned cigar. (laughs) I just, you know, I'm in, I'm in all right. Like, you know, you have a passion, right. But I can tell you that as being my first cigar blended with J.R. and I like you're you're like a kid you're like a parent watching your kid go to school for the first time like i hope he doesn't get picked on like i hope he doesn't (laughs) fall down like i like you you give your cigar to someone and they try it and you're just like the whole time your stomach's in like curling and you're like crawling up in the fetal position like oh my god don't beat it up don't beat it up but you do you want the feedback you want people to know you you want to hear what people say and uh it's just been great man I, i you know it's kind of been a little bit of a phenomenal and we we stuck to our plan you know set ourselves up in brick and mortars got with the people that support us from day one um, went with a concentrated effort online so solely through you know cigar Federation as our sole online retailer and kind of just when you when you concentrate those access points for the market it kind of takes care of itself you know the supply and demand yeah um, but the you know the three weeks four weeks felt like a year, two years. It was, it's years—it it been nuts, man. It's been nonstop. But it's, it's been great. We, we're truly blessed and thankful. We can't thank people enough. We really got on board and, and believed in what we were doing. Um, yep. And it's just, it's been a phenomenal and we're looking forward to the journey going forward.
0: I love that. And you talk about the journey going forward. Can you share with us kind of what some of those next steps may be for you guys?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we do got some some special stuff working that you'll probably hear a little bit more that I can't really talk about yet. Fair. Um, but we do, we will have another blend coming shortly if not by the end of the year shortly in the new year and then you'll look to see our first limited edition we'll be doing that as well so we got a lot of things going we've had a lot of things in the pipeline that are kind of you know just just percolating and, and waiting to, to take shape the net the first biggest thing uh, I get blown up on a regular basis is we got to get more crooks in the universe um, <laughs> I have people check it in daily are they here yet <laughs> yeah um, so no, I, I'm super thankful for that. But yeah, so we, you know, we continue to spread the the crook as 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 it becomes available. And then, like I said, we have some other things in the pipeline that I think are really going to uh, set the folks on fire. I think they're going to be really excited about it.
0: Well, I want I want to be able to give people a way to be able to stay connected to you, know what's coming in the pipeline, and. I'd love to pick your brain on one other thing real quick. You know, I was going to say, you know, follow you on social media. Social media is in a frenzy right now for those listening and aren't aware Facebook predominantly has kind of changed the game in regards to how these Facebook groups work, shutting down the largest cigar community yesterday. And for those, when this podcast goes live, it will be a few weeks after how does that affect your ability to mobilize the fan base, spread the word, uh, through what social offered, does that affect you guys or is it more uh, not a, a moot issue because groups or whatever the other reason might be?
1: It, it, it really hasn't affected us, right? Good. We, good don't, okay. we, don't do any, we don't do any direct sales to consumers on social media. And so it, it really, the awareness and the contest and stuff, you know, as long as you're mindful not to give cigars, which you shouldn't be giving anyway, away due to the quote unquote FDA. Yeah. Um, wink 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 but you know there's the uh, other things going on you know you, you still have the groups in the community but it is kind of a shock and awe situation right now so everyone's trying to figure out what's going on and kind of let like the dust settle but in the meantime for us it's been business as usual I cool. mean we're still posting stuff as we're going along and hopefully keeping people in depth in the process and you know we like to give the, the look behind the scenes right because that's that's yeah. the fascinating part you know seeing what's going on, like what really goes into it, looking at the blending sessions and all that kind of stuff. So we got some pictures and some videos and stuff. We're going to be going with the next stuff that we worked on. Awesome. Um, awesome. And just interactions, the interactions are nonstop. You know, we get out to the events and, and meet with people and you know, that kind of takes its own form, but the Instagram stuff and Facebook for us hasn't really slowed down much. Cause like I said, we don't, we don't do personal sales on okay. social media. So it really hasn't been an effect on us. I mean, we know that there's some other folks, I mean, Coop did a great article on what's what. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that anyone who hasn't read that yet should definitely check it out. I think it kind of gives a little bit of a little bit more of perception of what's really going on and now what, what, what to do and what not to do.
0: That was helpful. I, I did see that yesterday. That was very, very well written. So tell me, tell me, Lee, a couple of questions I just wanna I love throwing at you kind of as we wrap up a little bit about you. talk about you a know, huge humidor at home. Do you remember what your first cigar was?
1: I don't remember what my very first cigar was, but I can tell you the first cigar that made me fall in love with boutiques. Please. Was the number was the number two Crown Head of Thorns by illusione okay. that cigar, uh that really kind of got the gears turning and Dion is a genius and he does some really, really cool things that really kind of got me like, man, this is differentiated. This is different. This is kind of, man, this is my speed. I love the shape. I love the Batola about it. Like I love everything about it. And I'm like, man, it's just something different about this car than anything else. Like I didn't even know really, boutique cigar mainstream cigar at that time you know and uh and that kind of really pushed me in that direction and it, it kind of took off from there and that was my you know love affair with boutique cigars and the industry for sure
0: i love that i actually, i don't think i've tried that one yet i was just smoking the original Crusado last night and uh, with you about you what, what dion, dion creates is uh and some great stuff and yeah i love the the name that you you, you brought up uh, uh and I forgot to ask you earlier, I'd love to just kind of look, uh, hear where did the name Stolen Throne come from? And then uh, Crook of the Crown.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, so the whole process of starting the company, everyone asks what the hard part, what is you would think it would be getting tobacco, letting the go. No, it was naming the company. And <laughs> um, that was by far the hardest part because of what I said earlier, you know, I really wanted it to be something we could believe in. Like yeah. I didn't want it just to slap a label on it and sell it. Like, that's just not who I am yeah. um, at all. Like I, I wouldn't get out of bed for that. And so we had a completely different name picked out because I had all, I, I put the cart before the horse, I had all these special projects I wanted to do. I'm like, well, how do we lump this into a brand without making it ridiculous? And I was like, man, that's a great name. I'm not going to say it. Cause I still want to get this. One. <laughs> it came out that we were, uh, it was trademarked uh. and, uh, we tried to go through the motions and it, 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 we, we didn't prevail. And then, you know, I always preface the story with, this isn't the best story. People love when I tell a story, but it's not, you know, I always get secondary questions uh, and you'll see why. So we were, (laughs) JR and I were with some other brand owners and uh, we were at a dinner and like the, the questions have started coming up and I've known these people for a while and there was a certain group that I just met and some, you know, it got brought up that JR and I were entering the industry and there was someone there that wasn't very open to that idea. Right. Mm. Um, And he, he, he had made a comment, something to the, you know, to the effect of, you know, there's no seat at the table. And uh, I I had been drinking that night, I'll admit. Uh, So (laughs) I used some choice. I I used some choice words and I said, that's okay. Essentially I said, well, bleep, I'll steal one. (laughs) <laughs> you know? Um, and then when Jr. and I went back to the table after these failed attempts at, with the trademark issue, uh, he was like, hey, you remember that story when you told so-and-so uh, where to shove it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what about stolen thrown cigars? We'll steal our place at the table. I like that. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's it. That's it. And then honestly, man, right after, like the crook of the crown just kind of came right off the cuff. I love that. And I can tell you right now, I'm going to get 150 messages wondering to know who the company was that said that. And uh, it, it never fails. Two ah. questions I always get are, when are you going to sell the Remy Jean? And who didn't want you to come into the business? Right, those are nonstop questions that I get on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> I won't ask you who the person was, but I do want to know, have you sent that person one of your cigars yet? <laughs>
1: No, no, I'm not. Uh, I am spiteful, but I'm not that. Spiteful.
0: Uh, you know? I, want, I want that person to light it up and see if you deserve that seat at the throne now.
1: <laughs> That's funny. That's real. That's good. That's good. I didn't think about that, actually.
0: Well, if I, if I find out who it is, I'm going to send the one to them and you can blame <laughs> me for it.
1: Because
0: I, I'm on a mission to let people know about what you've created here. So I think it, it's definitely worthy of a
1: seat. I really appreciate that, Kyle. I really do. And then like we talked about, you know, the accolades and the great reviews and stuff that we're getting, you know, we're very humbled and we're appreciative, but really it's the feedback of the consumers, you know, because for us, it's always been, because we've been that consumer. We know what it's like to spend our hard earned money on cigars and either enjoy them or not enjoy them. So when someone comes and says, man, you know what? I had a cigar. I had one of your cigars with my friends and family this weekend and I just, it, it blew me away. Like I had a great, I had a great time. That really is what means it. That's the passion, right? That's what I wanted to share with someone. Like I said, you know, when you give your cigar to someone that you poured over it and, and, and blended yourself, and then it's kind of what, I guess, what a songwriter might feel like, right? When they write a song and they don't know how it's going to be received. Like, yeah. you know, and when you want, all you do is want to share your passion and, and you want someone to enjoy it the way that you intended it to be. And so when that's done, he, he, it, it, it fills you with immense joy and pride, but really that's, that's really what's about for us.
0: I love that. Well, Lee, that, that, uh, that resonates deep within me, as I think, you know, from, from, you know, a bit of my passion, my heart, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to working with a business is you've created something that's changed the status quo. You've created something that's given people a new way to look at cigars and a new way to experience what that first to market, um, uh, joy is and what you've brought here and and it shows in the work that you've done here. So let me kiss ass for a moment simply to say well done. Uh and, and and thank you. I'm really excited to see where Stolen Throne is going, what's coming out next. Yes, I gotta figure out how to get you guys to Seattle so I can try out that Remy Jean. Uh, and so <laughs> But man, I, I, I kind of a real privilege you being able to be with us here today, share a little bit of your passion and what this journey is like. For those who haven't tried Crook of the Crown yet, now tell us, do you have any upcoming events that anyone listening can try to figure out how they can attend to start off with? And i got a follow-up question to that.
1: We don't have anything on tap because like I said, we're out of inventory, but you know, there's still quite there's still a few of our accounts have some stolen thrown Crook of the Crowns in stock. To reach okay. out to Scallywag Cigars. To reach out to Winston Humidor, and you can reach out to Willie's. Uh, Willie's in Tech Center here. Willie's Cigars. All of them are on Facebook. Uh, I think most of them have websites, and they'll they'll uh, they'll, they'll gladly take care of you. Um, in ben- events, we we are we do have some plans in the fall once we get the inventory back in, um, and we'll be sure to make sure that makes it around so everyone knows to get out and meet us. But you know, we definitely the more the merrier. You know, we like to get out and meet the folks that are you know. Leading the charge with getting the crook of the crown out there.
0: Yeah, and for retailers who are listening to us, knowing all right, this is this is a hot cigar that everyone's asking for. Yes, it may be a little bit of time until I may be able to get it in my shop. But what's the best way for a retailer to reach out to you or JR, start a conversation, learn learn a little bit more? What would we like to connect with you?
1: Sure, sure. They, if they they reach out to me on social media, either our Facebook page or directly to me, or they can reach out via email at Lee at StolenThroneCigars.com. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, Lee, one last question then to, to kind of end up in a fun way. As as I mentioned before, if you had to get stuck on a desert island, you could not bring Stolen Throne with you, what cigar or box of cigars are you bringing?
1: Does Remy Jean count?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. If I can't take the Remy Jean or the Crook with me, you know what? It's funny. You know what? One of my all-time favorite cigars is the old original Camacho Corojo.
2: Ah, Um,
0: good call.
1: Good call. Yeah, by Christian and and the Aurora family. Like, I would definitely take a box of those bad boys, 100%. Love it. Well,
0: man, thank you for your time today. It's been a real privilege having you with us here. I'm really excited to see where you and JR take Stolen Throne next.
1: No, call, Thank you, man. The privilege is all mine. I I thank you for taking your time to talk to me. Uh, If there's anything I can do, just let me know.
0: You got it, man. Thank you. Hey, I want to thank you very much for joining us for this episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. I know you have a lot of options on what podcasts you can listen to. So thank you sincerely for taking the time to join us for this one. If you have enjoyed this conversation, we'd love to keep it going in our Facebook group, Marketing from the Roosevelt Room with Kyle Willis. In that, we have live video, Q&A, and create more of a dialogue. We'd love to keep the conversation going. So please join us on Facebook. Otherwise, look forward to catching you on our next episode. Have a great day.